Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, the Bucks had to go to another continent to find their running game, and they found it in rookie Rashad White. How long have Bucks fans and, for that matter, some of the media be calling for White to get a start? Well, he did get a start. And the first series didn't go very well. But uh, one of the reasons why he was in the lineup to begin the game is that they weren't sure Leonard Fournette was going to make the trip. Fournette had lost his passport, and they needed to order a new one. The storm in Tampa Bay delayed that. So they weren't sure he was even going to make the game. So they went ahead and started White. After that bad first series, he had his best game as a pro, one of the best games this season. 22 carries for 100 and five yards, that's a 4.8-yard average. And his longest run is one that Kyle Brandt's going to have on angry runs. If this guy doesn't win the scepter, man, there is something wrong with Kyle Brandt's Good Morning Football Award. Uh, he planted a guy at the end of a, of a 29-yard run, man. Gave him a stiff arm, pushed him from the 40 to the 30-yard line. Uh, it was impressive. It was an angry run. He did everything, man. He he had patience in the hole. Uh, he ran hard. He got short yardage uh, situations. He got some long yardage situations. He just was consistent. And not to be outdone, I mean, listen, Leonard Fournette had one of his best games since the opener. The guy rushed 14 times for 57 yards. That's a 4.1-yard average, way over where they had been. As a team, the Bucks came into the game last, last in yards per carry, last in rushing attempts, last in rushing yards. They put up... 161 yards on the ground. That included three yards of Tom Brady uh, kneeling down at the end of the first half on 44 attempts. The average isn't very good because of all those attempts, but it's those attempts that the Bucks and many people on their coaching staff, including Harold Goodwin and others, have been clamoring for, saying that, you know, listen, you can't run the football unless you, you try to run the football. And you saw... What happened? Lo and behold, the entire offensive uh, passing game opened up because those teams can't just sit there and cover two all single day if you're creasing them with a running game. And sure enough, the safeties had to come down in the box. They were able to get behind the defense a few times, throws in the seam to Kate Otten, um, throws you know to a wide-open Julio Jones for a touchdown. They kind of messed, busted a coverage there. He went 31 yards for his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. So, you know, there, there was just a lot of positive to the offense simply because they ran the ball. Nothing, nothing fancy about that, just that they were able to do it more successfully and, and more consistently. And they also jumped out to a 7 nothing lead. Tom Brady with a couple of touchdown passes uh, in this one. Uh, like I said, one to Julio Jones, one to Chris Godwin. Neither one of those guys, by the way, had been in the end zone this year. Both of them were looking... For their first touchdown, and indeed, both of them did score. So uh, it was a very impressive win. We're going to break it down, talk all about it, tell you what is next coming up for the Bucks here as they approach their bye week now, 5-5 five and five on the season, 
a healthy two-game lead, even at 500, in the NFC South uh, over Atlanta and Carolina, which are, of course, both uh, neither team really playing particularly well. And so the Bucks are in a pretty good position as they enter the bye week. Uh, and their next game, of course, will be at Cleveland. We'll get into more uh, stuff, including a very uh, emotional story for Devin White, an emotional day. But first, I want to remind you guys of May Electric Solar. If you're trying to save money on your energy bill, this is the way to go. May Electric Solar is a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. There is a lot of fly-by-night companies out there doing this work. Folks, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. That's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. That means if something goes wrong, those guys are back up there on the roof fixing it. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection to protect all your appliances. That right there is the main difference. If you visit their Hutchins showroom, May Electric displays all of its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Those are Billy May's guys up there. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Well, it was a successful trip uh, to this country, to Munich, Germany, the first regular season NFL game held here. It's a spectacle. Uh, I have been to several of these games in England. One uh, a couple of years ago, Jameis Winston's last year, 2019, the Bucks were 0-3 in international games until Sunday. Tom Brady now 4-0 when he goes across the Atlantic or, or to Mexico, which is a, uh, a pretty good streak that he's got going uh, for that. But as I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times on Sunday, if you have a chance to check it out on tampabay.com, there's been a long love affair between Germans and the NFL. They, their history goes back further than it does in anything that they've done in England or other countries because they were having preseason games in this country uh, back in the 90s. And, of course, we remember, or some of you may remember, what was called the World League of American Football for a couple of years. The NFL had essentially a developmental league, included teams in North America and, and also uh, – you know, in Germany, in England, several several countries over here, Spain. Um, and, and it just became a little too expensive to operate. And, you know, while they would draw maybe 10,000 fans at times to a London Monarchs game, any team that came to Germany, whether it was Frankfurt, uh, the Rainfire, um, or at the time I think Berlin had a, had a team, um, these games over here were, you know, 30,000, 40,000 fans. They love their American football. As a result, they have championed certain teams, like you know the, the people over here that watch football. And as I'm doing this podcast, I'm watching Sunday night football live. Now, it's not Al Michaels or whoever does it these days. I don't even know. I, um, I'd have to think about that for a second. But um, I guess it's not Al. He does Thursday night. But uh, the fact of the matter is it's on live, and and you're able to watch it. Now, it's later here. It's six hours different. So we're Already past the bewitching hour. It's heading towards 1 o'clock, which in the morning, I have a flight tomorrow, a transatlantic flight, leaving early in the morning. So this will not be my longest podcast by far, folks. You're getting what you get tonight. Um, but because of that, you know, people stay up and they watch these games, these primetime games. It's unbelievable. Um, but 
You know, when they were starting to televise NFL games back to this country, to Germany, uh, it was about the time that the Seattle Seahawks were dominant. You know, they, they won a Super Bowl. They played in another one. Brady beat them. Remember that awful call when they could have run Marshawn Lynch for one more yard and they threw a pass, um, you know, Russell Wilson that was intercepted. It ended the game essentially on that interception in the end zone by Malcolm Butler. And so about that time, fans over here, especially in Germany, were getting a lot of Seahawks games and were, you know, sort of relating to certain players, whether it was Marshawn Lynch or uh, Russell Wilson, whoever they had. And there is a large contingent of German Seahawk fans. And so, you know, this 69-seat beautiful uh, stadium, Alliance uh, Alliance uh, Arena, where, you know, their soccer team plays here in Munich, it is uh, probably was probably more Seattle fans, I think, in attendance than the Bucks fans, even though uh, they were all very loud and it was a Bucks home game. The Bucks gave up a home game uh, for this. But this is a this is a fertile market. Germany is to me uh, kind of that untapped thing that that you know they've had in their back pocket. Their, uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell was over here the other day and said that they may play as many as four games a year here, and uh, that's going to happen fairly quickly. And there'll be some marquee teams too. Uh, lots of money opportunities, uh, obviously, for uh, the owners, and uh, and just a just a good knowledgeable uh, you know city when it comes to NFL football. And it was fun, too, because you had a lot of the Buccaneers uh, fan clubs, including uh, the one in England were over here, my good friend Murph. I had a bunch of uh, uh, guys over there uh, on, I guess it would have been uh, Saturday night. Uh, they went to the Hop Brujas, and, and uh, the beers were flowing. Rodney Barber was here. Mike Allstott was kind of an ambassador as well on this trip. Uh, they were very much in demand, popular, but like got to meet a ton of people that follow uh, on this podcast every single day. Uh, they are they are just huge Bucks fans, and I want to say thank you to all of them that uh, came up and wanted to take a picture, wanted to do whatever, had a couple beers with them. It was just a great night and a great time. It is it is really exciting. You know, if if they did this in Tampa, and I know there's tons of Tampa Bay fans, um, but uh, man, on the eve of a game. There'd be quite a few businesses making a lot of money because these folks are absolutely starved for NFL football, and they love the Buccaneers uh, like nobody's business as much as anyone in Tampa does for sure. And it's just really heartwarming to see them travel from London, from England to Germany, uh, from all over really the U.K. and in Europe uh, to come see the Bucs play. And let's, let's be honest, the draw was Tom Brady. When they scheduled this game many, many months ago, Brady was retired. You know, it was going to be, I don't know, Kyle Trask, um, you know, playing in this game against Geno Smith. I don't think that would have excited anybody if you had started the season saying, hey, Bucks Seahawks going to be Geno Smith against Kyle Trask or maybe Blaine Gabbert, you know, uh, maybe the battle of retread quarterbacks. But uh, Geno Smith has done an unbelievable job. And if not for some unaggressive play calling, I thought in the first half by the Seahawks, he might have pulled this game out. He came very close to doing that. Uh, the Bucks were just better on defense, and they finally, finally got the running game going, which is something that everybody has been really waiting for, including members of the organization. So credit to the message finally getting sent and accepted and executed by Byron Leftwich, who called all those runs. And, you know, and, and Brady was good. Um, he was able to function pretty well. Uh, I, I thought that Seattle 
you know, the, the Bucks defense did a, a great job um, shutting down their run, which is the strength of their game. I mean, that, that is really what Seattle has done is they have run their young rookie, Kenneth Walker, um, who has been sensational, wasn't so good against the Buck on, Bucks on Sunday night. They shut him down. He had just 10 carries for 17, 17 yards. They only ran it for 39 yards on the night, 14 attempts. That's not going to get it done. They flipped the switch in the second half, started throwing the football. As I mentioned, Geno Smith, 275 yards and two touchdowns. Got them right back in the game. You know, got them right back in the game. Um, and this has been also sort of the MO of the Bucks. So you look at this victory, and they've had two in a row now. They're now 5-5. Five and five. And yet their defense has trouble closing out games. And it's cost them before, and it's likely to cost them again. But they give up two fourth-quarter touchdowns, 21-yard pass uh, to Tyler Lockett and then Marquise Goodwin with a 19-yard pass, both from Geno Smith. That game was 21-16. to 21-16, a little less than four minutes to go in the game. The Bucks have the ball. Uh, I think they got a bad return, and they weren't much past their 20, if even at their 20. And you, everybody knew what they were going to do. They were going to try to run the football, get those final two timeouts away from you know, the Seattle Seahawks so they can't stop the clock, make it as hard for them as possible. Uh, and yet, they were able to execute. They were able to run this game out. That was maybe one of the most impressive things I saw from Sunday's game is that once the Bucks had a lead, got the ball back, and it's a one-score game, they're only up by four, they turn and they hand that ball off to the rookie Rashad White, who has a 12-yard run and then another run that was 14 or 15 yards uh, mixed in with a few passes that guys were wide open because, again, they're selling out on the run. They know they're going to run, try to run clock. And so Tom, you know, hit a couple guys, including Julio, uh, and they and they ended the game in a kneel down position. That's that's exactly how you want to end games. You if you get the ball back and you got a lead, you want to be able to just milk it, you know. And you got to run the football to do that, and they did, and it was impressive. I'm not ready to say that these guys, you know, are as good as anybody in the NFC. But but Seattle's been playing really solid football all year long. You know, they were a 6-3 and three team coming in here, first place themselves in the NFC West, which last time I checked has the defending Super Bowl champions and everybody's darling, which is the San Francisco 49ers. So, you know, if you think those teams are good, and most people did, at least entering the season, well, Seattle has kind of, you know, started to try to run away from both of them. So this was a hot Seattle team. I watched them practice. They were very loose. Um, they have tremendous skill players on the outside in DK Metcalf. Um, you know, a great running back, a really good head coach. And, you know, in their defense at times has been elite. And yet the Bucks, you know, were able to kind of have their way with them up until um, they started making some mistakes. A couple of plays that they'd like to have back. One that's going to be talked about a lot is the halfback pass from Leonard Fournette to Tom Brady. And, you know, Tom Brady has never been in the end zone, and for my money, he probably never will. Um, but, again, you know, Byron Leftwich trying to be creative, trying to create big plays rather than just letting them happen because, you know, they're pressed to make some splash plays. Uh, he dials up this halfback pass, and unfortunately Brady is open for a while, but then he slips. And when he does, it's over. And so the interception is made. Um, 
they'd like to have that one back. Uh, probably the call and the execution of it for sure. Uh, another play earlier, it looked like that Fournette had that option, but he decided to run the ball after taking a direct snap. So a little, couple couple wrinkles in there we hadn't seen. I think the encouraging thing was that Cameron Brait played and, and made a first down catch. Julio Jones played and looked pretty good and made it through the whole game. So you're starting to get pieces, right? Just getting pieces back. And that's what it's going to take. Uh, on defense, Antoine Winfield was in the game. He looked good. Joe Tryon, Shroinka, by the way, probably played one of his best games. Uh, you know, he set the edge. He was disciplined. Uh, he didn't try to do too much, and yet he had a sack, uh, a big one uh, in the game. And, you know, so uh, with no Shaq Barrett, um, that that's important. Now, the guy who uh, your heart goes out to and – at, at the end of the game, he got a game ball, and, and deservedly so, is Devin White. Devin White's been taking a lot of stuff lately, including from this podcast. And, and, and I've written about, obviously, the loaf that he had, you know, going back uh, a couple of games ago against the Baltimore Ravens. Warren Sapp called him out for that. None of this matters uh, on this day because what Devin White did on Sunday – I'm, I'm not sure I could have done, um, and many of you probably couldn't have done it either. And I don't mean from a football standpoint, just a, a concentration standpoint. So they were on the bus on Thursday, the Bucks were, and they were headed to the airport when Devin White received the news, uh, the awful news, that his father, who's uh, named Carlos Thomas, had unexpectedly died at age 45. 45. Um, and that's a gut punch, right? And, you know, it's really difficult to kind of put into words what an athlete has to do in order to focus, um, you know, on his job, on preparation. It's not just the three hours, right? Three hours on Sunday, maybe you can get through that. It's the preparation. It's the travel, the long flight. You're by yourself. Guys are asleep. You're in your head. Just found out before he got on, on the plane. They don't know the cause of death. Uh, as of yet, anyway. But man, did he go out and absolutely ball in, uh, to honor his pops. Um, I, I Arguably one of the best games he's ever played, and that's saying something, because we know that Devin White has a an ability, uh, when he's disciplined and, and, uh, and motivated, uh, to take over games. I mean, he's just, he's that good. And, you know, what he did on Sunday um, was was something they needed desperately. In fact, you could argue um, that he kind of won the game for him on defense a little bit because the Bucks had not had a turnover, and you know this is the in five games, and and he was able to do that and more. So he finished with nine tackles, nine, two sacks. A forced fumble, which was the turnover that uh, they had not had, which was huge, recovered by Anthony Nelson, and three quarterback hits. He was in the face uh, all day uh, of the quarterback. And, man, just watching him, knowing that his heart was heavy, after his first sack, I believe it was at the end of the second quarter, uh, Devin White, it's it's a big sack. It's it's for at least ten or more yards, and he stands up, uh, and he puts his hands together almost in prayer, and then he points to the sky, or he makes and he makes the he crosses himself, makes a cross sign on his chest, and then points to the sky. 
And obviously, we talked to him after the game. He said, "Yeah, you know, I felt like uh, that was for my for my pops and or my dad, and 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 you know, um, that wasn't the last play he made. It wasn't even the biggest play he made. The biggest play he made was the strap, the, the sack fumble, um, because that absolutely." was needed for this defense, um, and it was an important play at the time as well. But you know what? Credit credit Devin for also bouncing back from all the criticism he faced, and it was deserved, I think, um, for the loaf that he had against the Ravens, you know, with Warren Sapp calling him out and all of that. This kid is still young. He's still a young player. He's extremely athletic when he's playing the right way, and that's really, you know, the test that Todd Bowles has all the time is to get these guys to play the right way. But when he does... He's a, one of the best inside linebackers in football. And, and, and you know, that, that sounds rather, rather obvious, but, I mean, arguably the best at times. And so it was really encouraging to see that defense kind of step up. Uh, they were tremendous on third down. I don't think Seattle could not sustain drives. They were one for nine on third down. One for nine. The Bucks, on the other hand, 10 of 15. They've struggled on third down. They were really, really good. Consequently, time of possession, 13-minute, almost 14-minute advantage. Uh, for the Bucks, we talked about long drives, sustaining drives, things like this. That's what they did in this game. Um, you look at it: first drive for a touchdown, eighty-eight yards, thirteen plays. Second uh, drive for a touchdown, Leonard Fournette with a one-yard run, thirteen plays, eighty-six yards. Took seven minutes and thirty-four seconds. Um, the third drive, even longer, eleven plays, eighty-seven yards, and took six minutes and forty-one seconds. This is how you want to play um, if you're going to absolutely keep uh, your defense fresh and keep the other team off the field. And that's what that's the only sort of blemish is that the defense really didn't finish the game they were the way they would have liked to them have finished. Um, you know, that was tough. But, man, Devin White losing his dad. Now, he found out this is the, uh, the amazing thing is that, you know, I mean, how do you get this call? Uh, you're on the bus on Thursday – on the way to the airport. And, you know, here comes the phone call. Um, difficult to make that trip. And that, that's kind of what his, his teammates and his coaches said. They were like, you know, for him to get on that plane, it happened right before we were leaving. This is Todd Bowles. And he still got on that plane to the, play the ball game. You lose your dad right before and you're getting ready to go to Germany. And to come out and still play says a lot about the guy. And he honored him for sure. With his play, and I think some of it was good too. He said, "You know, I didn't want to be alone in my thoughts. Like it was a tough ride over, but I was around my teammates. I had to focus and lock in on the game plan. Um, it's going to be a tough week for him, obviously. But uh, Todd Bowles awarded him a game ball as well after the game. I thought that was pretty emotional. If you check that out on Twitter, um, you know that he uh, he gets that, but very very deserved. So where where are the Bucks now? I mean, you know." they got a lot of work to do. Now, the players, again, are off till Monday, which is a good thing. They need rest. They need to get guys back. I think getting Akeem Hicks back in these last couple games has been big because I think that helped him shut down the run. I absolutely do. Um, you know, having Antoine Winfield Jr. in there, splash play guy, also huge. So if they can keep these guys healthy, and more guys will be getting healthy, I think, you know, through this bye week, this defense is just not giving up a whole lot. You're going to have to earn it. And... Kenneth Walker was running as well as anybody. For them to stone him like that, that's more about attitude, and you credit them for for rising to the occasion. We've seen them do this now a couple times this year. So they have it in them. So now what's it going to be going forward? I think 
I don't think it's a big stretch, but I mean, I think Rashad White's got to be your number one running back. Now, that's not to say that Leonard Fournette on certain days is going to be the premier, you know, guy. Like, it's going to take two. It always has. Uh, you know, last year Fournette became more of an independent contractor because, you know, Ronald Jones couldn't be trusted in pass protection. But the year before that, when they won a Super Bowl, yeah, Ronald Jones was your nearly 1,000-yard rusher until he got COVID the last two weeks. And then when he tried to play against Washington, he pulled a quad muscle and, le- and playoff Lenny was born. They liked him so much that they offered him a one-year, $3.5 million deal. They didn't offer him a, a multi-year deal. And, you know, that's after winning the Super Bowl. Now he's got his deal now, but then Tom Brady came back and, and he kind of stuck his nose in it. And, you know, at the time, Fournette was visiting New England. It was kind of like, what are you doing up there? So they signed him to a multi-year deal. But Rashad White, man, you see the vision. You see the patience. You see the explosiveness. You see his ability to, you know, to catch the football in traffic, to run routes, option routes, and different things against different matchups. So I think he's going to get better and better, which I think means the running game is going to get better and better. You know, it takes two. It is a brutal position where you take a ton of hits. You're going to be hurt pretty much all season, if you, even if you're playing. Um, and so you know, this could be a, a better one-two punch that they've got going now. Um, and again, the only reason he got his start, as I said, Leonard Fournette had a passport issue, which they then cleared up, but Hey, whatever it takes, um, you know, these guys will certainly, certainly take it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Anyway, it was a nice trip. Uh, I think, obviously, that plane ride home is going to be a lot better for the Buccaneers than it will be for Seattle. Um, you never want to come over here and play bad and have to face that. Tom Brady was funny after the game. He said, I don't know, I don't drink very much, but I have a feeling that there might be a few guys <laughs> looking for some beer on the way to the airport. Um, good for them. You know, good for them to uh, to make that journey. It, it's not easy. I can tell you I've lost sleep. I don't know what, what day it is now because I'm so far, you know, the six hours is such a big deal that you don't, you don't really sleep all that well. Um, you know, it seems like the sun comes up really early and, and, and it gets late early. But um, we'll be back tomorrow. The Bucks are back. Todd Bowles will talk at 1 o'clock. Uh, we'll have his post-mortem because it got in. They're probably going to get around 2, 2, 3 in the morning or so uh, on would have been, I guess, Monday morning. So they'll have that. Uh, I will be back uh, Monday evening. And... Uh, not sure, you know, with the players off, what we will do. Obviously, the health of the team is important. Um, we need a bye week as well. It's been a grind to this point. Five and five teams are usually nothing to celebrate, right? But in this division, at least they got to 500 with a little bit of wind in their sails, not a ton, but they beat a good football team. And when you beat good football teams, that, that instills confidence. Moreover, they did it playing the right way, you know? They showed that, yeah, we don't have the best offensive line in the world, but you know what? We stick with it. If guys keep doing it and you add that physicality to your football team that way, they come off the ball, they hit the other team in the mouth, 
And then you got a running back like Rashad White who gets hot. Um, who knows what, what this guy can, can carry you to? Him and Lenny. Again, you, you've got the combination. They're both kind of different. They're both big backs, um, but they run differently. And I think, you know, White's a little more explosive. And um, obviously, you know, Fournette's a punisher. But however you do it, you can see, you can just tangibly see those passing lanes completely begin to open up for Tom Brady and him to suddenly have time um, because it's difficult to to play that style where you just, you know, challenge them to check the ball down or run it. Uh, And they did it against the Seahawks' will. And even Pete Carroll said after the game, Seahawks coach, that he was really disappointed. He goes, you know, they came in not being able to run the football very well. And we've been a team that has stopped the run all year. And we just, you know, really disappointed that we couldn't get that done. And and because of that balance, it's what created the passing game. It's what, what helped the Bucks get in the end zone, what helped Julio Jones, you know, get wide open on a 31-yard touchdown pass because there's a bust because guys are down inside trying to play the run on play action, things like that. So this is all part of a process. Again, you know, as Tom Brady said after the game, not a perfect game, plenty to work on, but at least – in a 17-game season, you get to catch your breath kind of late in the year, Ten, you know, week 10, now you're going into the bye week. Um, but I find that to be as useful as anything that happens during an NFL season for players is just giving them a week uh, to get their bodies back and get their legs back under them and stuff like that. And, you know, you'll see, you'll see how it is the second half of the season. So, uh, again, going to keep it kind of short tonight, but I uh, hope you guys appreciate the fact I will be leaving very early for about a 12-hour flight home through Charlotte. So, uh, again, I, w- I want to thank everybody that has been listening. We, we got to see a lot of our international friends, the guys and girls that uh, listen to this podcast and are uh, big Bucks fans, and, and some of them also you know follow other sports too. Obviously, we talk about a lot here on Sports Day Tampa Bay, not just the Bucks, but uh, that's what it's been this week. And it was a good trip to uh, Munich, a very positive trip if you're a Buck fan. They went 21-16 over the Seattle Seahawks that game, taking less than three hours, which was nice as well. That's what happens when you run the football. So we'll be uh, back to talk all about it. Of course, Tom Brady has his podcast. Um, Todd Bowles will go uh, talk as well at uh, around 1.30, I think, this afternoon. Give us kind of a postmortem. So check that out on the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Remember uh, to support our folks at May Electric Solar. If you're listening to lo- trying to lower your electric bill, this is the way to do it. Um, you know, they have been in business in this area now for over a dozen years. They give you a 30-year service and uh, warranty and $750 worth of surge protection. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. For Steve Bersnick, back in Tampa, Florida, I'm Rick Stroud in Munich, Germany, where the Bucks have beaten the Seattle Seahawks 21-16. Thanks for listening. Have a good day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.